ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಧರ್ಮಸ್ವಿಣೆ ಅವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠಾ ನಮಃ ವಸುದೇವಸುತ ಕಂಸಚಾನೂರಮರ್ದನ ಇನ್ ದಾಸ್ಟ್ ಕ್ಲಾಸ್ ವಿ ವರ್ ಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಲೋಕ of the second chapter of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. And we started studying the 47th sloka where we find that Bhagavan Sri Krishna is speaking of the mod, modus operandi, the way of Karma Yoga. What is the gist of the Karma Yoga has been spoken of in the 47th sloka of the second chapter. So what is saying? Karmanyevadhikaraste ma faleshu kadachana ma karma falaheturbhu ma te sangostva karmani. So first let us try to understand the literal meaning of it. Karmani eva adhikarate. So you have the right, you are entitled for work alone. but not for the fruits ma faleshu kadachara you are not in any way entitled for the fruits of action even if you are hankering know it for certain the plan of the universe is such it's not we who really enjoy the fruit we will try to understand that as we go to the discussion so as we are not entitled to enjoy the fruits of action so what's the way of then act, action how should we act then ma karma fail phala hetur bhu so don't be attached so neither you your motive should be for the fruit of action don't be as you can never enjoy the fruits of action as such you will be eternally dissatisfied if you think that i have to enjoy the results of the fruit of action you will be in an hedonistic treadmill eternally dissatisfied you can never be satisfied the plan of the nature is such you can never so as such is the condition then what's the use of seeking the fruit of action so the next question will be okay that if the action doesn't give me the enjoyment the fruit i cannot enjoy so you are saying that don't seek for the fruit of action but my question is why should i act at all if i have no result for the action then why should i act at all so there again bhagwan is saying no you have to act without detachment or without attachment with detachment sangas sanga stu akarmani so don't get attached to inaction so because most of the time in our life we will find that in the name of renouncing our action i feel that the actions are tor- tormenting me disturbing me and i feel that a renunciation has grown within me i will renounce but actually previously i was seeking the result of the action and now i am seeking the comfort zone nothing else it is still seeking the action the results which i thought will be encrued which i which i thought is ensured because of my action when i don't get them i get the kick back from the society from the nature and then i think okay let me recoil and i think that it is a proper type of renunciation but most of the time we will find that it is actually seeking the comfort zone security zone being unable to get the results which i thought i will get then what's the way out you have to go through the actions but in a detached way so this is the idea 
So now let us try to understand that why in no way we can really enjoy the fruits of our action. So in our scripture, the last class, we just introduced this idea that we are neither the karta nor the bhukta. The sense that I am the doer is a delusion that we will not take up today. In some other context, we will take up. The idea that we are the karta, the doer, is a delusion. The idea that I'm the bhokta and the enjoyer, that also is a delusion. You will understand very quickly that how nature is fooling us. We never enjoy the result of action. So that's why the first satya, Arya satya, which Buddha spoke of, is dukkha. That there is dukkha. We always translate the word dukkha wrongly by saying it is suffering. Dukkha doesn't mean suffering. Dukkha means dissatisfaction. There is a difference between suffering and dissatisfaction. You may feel that both are same, but both are not same. What is the difference between suffering and dissatisfaction? With an example, we will try to understand. Suppose you are relishing a dish which you like most. If I come and ask you, are you suffering? You will say, of course not. I'm enjoying. Now, if I ask, are you satisfied? Immediately you will feel that when I ask you, are you satisfied? You will find already the craving for the second service developed in you. So you are waiting for the second. So though you are not suffering, but you are not satisfied. So when we translate Dukkha as suffering, it's a wrong translation. It's not suffering. We do enjoy that moment we are enjoying, but we are not satisfied. Dissatisfaction is the rule of life. We are never satisfied. Why it happens? That we are never satisfied. We just are in a hedonistic treadmill. When you go to the gym, you are on a treadmill. What are you doing? You are running. But where are you running? In the same place. So neither ever, ever running, never reaching. That's in one of the Swami Vivekananda's poem. That's the line not a distant glimpse of shore. That's the hedonistic treadmill. We go on craving. One craving is over, another craving comes. We think most probably after fulfilling this, I will be satisfied. Again, another comes. Why it happens? So in our scripture, now let us gradually enter into the idea, the synthesis of bhoga. Let us try to synthesize that what's the nature of enjoyment? That in nature, we will find, in our life, we will find the Asian or the desire. There are three types of desire. All the desires at last can be boiled down to three types of desire, which the Vedanta has spoken of ages back. And you may try your best. You won't find any other Asian. All Asianas, there are so many Asianas, but all these desires can at last be boiled down to three. What are they? Putraishana, Vittaishana, Desire for progeny, desire for wealth, desire for name and fame. You try to now find out all your desires, you will find somewhere or other you can fill up with this. Fit, fit in this. That if you say, I like some food, where is it? Yes, you have to have wealth to have food. Progeny, Wealth, this, uh, this, your wealth and name and fame, Yashayishana. Now, very interesting. All the three Ashanas again can be boiled down to one. That is Putraishana. And then, what about Yashayishana and Vittayishana? Well, to have progeny, of course, I have to sustain myself. I have to have food, I have to sustain myself. Then only I can think of progeny. So very easily, Vitteshana can be understood. And Yashayishana, if you look at the animal kingdom, it's very palpably visible. The male lion has its own territory. It won't allow any other male lion to enter there. Why? The more it can show its Yasha, the power, the more it has the scope to transmit its genes. 
The same thing is in the human life also. All our education, all our, at last the endeavor to get established in life, at last to have a match and then have progeny. So if you find in a very simple way, we are trying to understand that all is linked to that Putra Ishwara. What it speaks of? Why progeny? Because here nature is working the trick. Nature has to sustain itself. Nature has to, the Prakriti has to sustain itself. It is that nature is not something apart from the Lord. The Lord wills. It is the will of the Lord that then through nature, the creation should go on propagating. It's, nature is not a villain. It's a, a particular aspect of the Lord. That's why we say that he has kept us in moha, delusion. Because of the delusion that Prakriti is there and it has to sustain itself. And for that, whatever may be the life form, progeny is a must. Now let us go that all the Ashanas at last we find boils down to progeny. Now we will find out this, try to find out the nature of happiness. Are we really enjoying? Now what's the nature of happiness? We will find that anything which we are desiring, any creature, any creature when desires something, when the desire is fulfilled, in the present modern biological language, they say there's an exhilaration because of the profuse secretion of dopamine, a hormone. And you find exaltments that happiness speaks of the dopamine. That's the chemistry. But it doesn't stay. The dopamine secretion, the moment your desire is fulfilled, it will be secreted. And the next moment it is evaporated. It's no more there. Any, any single desire you find it's there, it's not there. Why it happens? Because if you are, go into ecstasy forever, you won't pursue again. So the evaporation must be there. The nature has planned it done away that the evaporation must be there. Not only that, in the process of getting that object which I desire, there were so many positive aspects, that enjoyment. And there were so many hardships. You will find the past is always golden. You know why? The nature has planned in that way. In that way, what it has planned? It makes us forget all the negativities, the hardships. That's why when you say my childhood, no one says my childhood was a very suffering. Most of, if it's a normal childhood, yes, it was full of enjoyment. My life was really golden when I was a child. But is it really golden? If I really try to find out, I will find I do have my hardships. But the minds always, the, the nature works in that way. It always makes us forget when we look at the past the negativities, the hardships, only the positive things that will be manifesting. It's all golden. Why in the nature does? Because all the hardship which we have gone through, we won't again feel like going through it if you always remember the hardship, if you remember the evaporation. So the nature makes us or makes our memory selective. It will only keep those golden things in our mind prominently and we always remember the climax of it. We forget that there is an evaporation. That will be forcing you for again and again going for the des this desires. But have you ever, whether it is food, whether it is anything, that the enjoyment which I get, it stays, it's very short time, immediately it evaporates. So the first thing is that there is an peak and the second thing is it evaporately, immediately evaporates. The third point, we always remember the peak, we forget the evaporation. We always remember the positive aspects of our happiness, the negative things, the hardships we forget. There's a third. Fourth is again more interesting. In your life, you try to find out whenever you plan, maybe some excursion, or today night, you'll have a family dinner outside. Throughout the day, you're excited. But when you are in sitting in the restaurant, in the dining table, you find it's flat. All that, that's so much that, that is the time you should supposed to have, you're supposed to have maximum joy. But in life, we will find all our happiness is in anticipation. But when you are enjoying, the happiness is gone. Why it has happened again? Again, the nature is playing trick. 
when you are anticipating that i will do nature immediately starts giving you that sense of ecstasy because that will give you the motivation now when you are already in the act nature has already done his work his work is over you are already in the act so there is no need to give you happiness so happiness is just like a lollipop which nature uses to make us do something by which it is sustained you know you just in spiritual life doesn't speak of doesn't need very what you say that uh, a analytical very strong analytical understanding with the common sense you can understand can anyone deny this all this uh, the four steps which we told of that whenever you get the happiness you go to the ecstasy the moment the happiness that the that the next moment it evaporates it's no more there the third thing you always remember the ecstasy you forget the evaporation fifth is anticipation gives you more happiness so these all speaks that happiness is not something which is going to be permanent with me the nature has devised happiness the so called happiness which we get from the sunset world in such a way that it is using a lollipop something to lure me but it is not ever ready to give it to me it advertises a lot but it gives nothing swami vivekananda used to use a, a give a very nice example that in the olden days when the bullock used to grind the oil so how it will grind the oil so there are two stones one stone is revolving over the other and the soil oil seeds are kept between the two stones in the process of revolving in the process of rotation the oil seeds which are between the two stones gets crushed and the oil is that's how excreted the, the oil is extracted that's how so the question now the how to make that a bull go round and round this block go around and round so that that the rock goes on the stone goes on rotating so that the top stone will be tied to the block now it's very difficult for a person to go on chasing the block to go round and round so what they used to do they devised a nice plan they used to tie one stick one bamboo stick between the two horns in front of the block and they will hang some straw in front of it and the block is constantly chasing to get the straw it is revolving the stick is also moving the straw is also moving and it goes round and round now think is our condition anything better we are also the same the nature has made us all the straw is our your putraishana vitaishana yashaishana nothing else they are the straw hanging you never get it is this eternal chase so now you will understand why in bhagavad gita bhagwan is saying ma phaleshu kadachan so this the search for the fruits of the action to enjoy the fruits of the action not for certain it's never there calmly sit and just think that the, the thing which just now we discussed any pleasure of life does it defy this equation this four strategies which we spoke of you will for all fall under this and that's why we are in eternal dissatisfaction so if there's a thing then first thing as in the common sense says there's this desire for the results of action i will never get why to desire for it so that's why maaf karma phala hetur bhu that i understand but the next question comes if my actions doesn't entail in really enjoying the result why should i act at all so now here another idea will come that this idea here comes the idea of karma yoga swami vivekananda this entire shloka can be translated in the words of swami vivekananda in one phrase he used to in his lectures this phrase we find again and again neither seek nor avoid means in life you shouldn't be too ambitious go on seeking i want this i want that and at the same time do not avoid what all situation in life you are 
the responsibilities, the roles and responsibilities which you have to go through. Don't avoid that. Why? Because of ignorance. Yes, with the common sense, I understand that the nature is fooling me. But I have been fooled for ages together. I don't know how many long means generations, how many lives I have been fooled because of this ignorance. I was chasing after the desires with the idea that I'm going to fulfill. Never realize that the nature is playing trick on me. Never realized. The moment you realize, now you cannot stop the action immediately because of the past impulse. Just say anything. In, the, in nature, we see everything has an inertia. When a fan is revolving, you switch off the fan. Does it stop immediately? No, it will go on revolving for some time. So what we have to do? We have to switch off and wait for some time, isn't it? And the fan will go on revolving till the past momentum is over and then it stops. The so switching off is the switching off of the desire. Because of my past momentum, I am placed in a particular situation of life with particular roles and responsibilities. That is my Swadharma. In Bhagavad Gita, the idea of Swadharma will come in the later chapter. That in the position in which you are born, all the responsibilities in which you are at present, that speaks of Swadharma, your Dharma. There you are because of the past impulse. Now I have understood that this after all is not going to give me any satisfaction, but I cannot stop this immediately. It has its past momentum. Just the way he's a fool who will try to stop the fan holding the blade. He will injure himself. So you cannot just immediately, abruptly stop your action. It has to go on. But how to stop it? Switch off. That the connection is the desire. The force behind the action is the desire. Try to get rid of that. Sangha, that Astu akarmi, don't resort to inaction. That will be extremely damaging. Let the impulse, past impulse, which has resulted in the action, that go on. And know it for certain that the entire nature is not the villain. It is the God who himself has actually to maintain his creation, has deluded us. When I understand that, I have a submissive attitude, not as that I have to challenge the nature. That praying to God, that God for certain purpose, you have kept me in this delusion and that delusion resulted in these actions and responsibilities. I take care of them. But I know it is the desire for the results that is the cause of all the dissatisfaction. That is the cause of all my revolving in this cycle of Avidya Kama Karma. Sankaracharya again and again uses this chakra, this uh, uses this context in which he speaks of these three these three things forming a cycle. Avidya Kama Karma. Ignorance resulting in desire that we have already understood how ignorance resulting in desire and that desire results in action. So this karma has to be reduced. Then once the avidya, once you have understood the nature of the working, and this karma will gradually fall off. That's the process of chitta shuddhi. You allow the, and then how to work? The detachment, the best way of detachment. After all, it is not me who am doing. It is not me who am enjoying. It is not me who am doing. This also in this context, we will find that we are not the karta. It is good to understand that we are not the karta. Am I the karta? You will be very interested in even in the modern uh, neurology, the modern psychology. This study has to gone to such an extent where they also have started saying we are not the doer. Uh, it's good to understand this because uh, let me just uh, uh, relate to you the experiments. There is an experiment called split brain experiment. You know, uh, because of some uh, physical complications that some persons will have this split of the left and the right hemisphere of their brain. Now, very interesting, for most of us, there is a crisscross, there is connection, but if there is this connection is somehow segregated, then what happens? Generally, they will work as a normal person, but there are situations where you will find that they are behaving in a bit queer way, abnormal way. The experiment goes like this. 
a person with a split brain is made to sit on a chair in such a way that he cannot move his head. His head is also fixed. Now, on the left side, there will be some signage which he can see. Means as his head cannot move, even if he's turning his eyes, only with the left eye he can see, not with the right eye. There is a some uh, what you say that barricade in between, so he cannot turn his head, and that barricade doesn't allow the right eye to see what's there. Only with the left eye he can see the signage, and the signage says, "Get up and move." That person stands up and starts moving. Now, someone who was observing asks, "Why you got up? Why are you moving?" He immediately replies, "Oh, I'm a bit thirsty." There was a refrigerator, a freeze just in front. He told, I'm just, I just want to have a glass of cold water. The man was really surprised. The who was conducting experiment. He knows very well. It is a signage which he saw that stand up and move. But he is like a hypocrite, like a liar. He's saying, I'm thirsty. I want to drink water. Now oh, it's very interesting. Why did this experiment was done? Now, those who have split brain, there's the instruction which goes in the right brain is not transmitted in the left brain. Now, right hemisphere of our brain is photogenic. Whatever it sees immediately, it's just a, as a copy, as a Xerox. It's just, it's a, it just copies it. It's photogenic memory. It relates exactly the thing which has happened. But the left brain is the language brain. That what you see is being processed in the right brain, it goes to the left brain, and then the language brain speaks. Now for this person, as there is a split, what was registered in the right brain? Because you know that in our brain, there is a crisscross. What I see with my left eye is registered in the right brain. What I see with my right eye is registered in the left brain. What I do with my right hand is registered in the left brain. So this brain, there is a crisscross. So now with the left eye, he saw the signage. It was registered in the right brain, but it was not transmitted to the left brain because of the split. So the, what the right brain saw immediately, it responded by walking, but as there was, it never, never went to the left brain, the language brain, it immediately made up a story. And very interesting, the left brain when it makes up the story, it even makes you believe. It's not only you're trying to make others believe and that I, oh, I don't know why I'm, I'm walking. Uh, but if I just say, I don't know, people will think that I'm mad without reason. I'm just going. So that's why let me make up a story. It doesn't happen that way. It's not consciously. The brain is the, this left brain is a propaganda, propaganda machine. It will create a language which will make you believe that it's true. And it will make, try to make others also believe that it's true. So the experiments, such experiments are, uh, have been, what you say that uh, uh, compiled in one book. The name of the book is why everyone else is a hypocrite. Because I am seeing, I, I can see that he is actually, have, he has seen the signage, but he's speaking something. But that person doesn't know he's hypocrite. He thinks I am sincere. In this world, there is no villain. There is no hero. The villain thinks he is the hero. Because when we get angry, when we, uh, what you say, that have tremendous desire, there is no need for surgical split up. The natural split up happens. And then our language brain becomes very strong. You will find it whenever there is a fight between two political parties. You go and take the interview. Both say I am correct. And it's not they're making up story. They really believe they're correct. If you go to any book which has been co-authored, there are two or three authors. Now, if you go and ask, it is good. We have understood that it is co-authored. Now, if you go and ask individually each of the author, that what's your contribution? What is the percentage of your contribution? 20%, 30%? So whatever percentage they say, now you add up, it will be more than 100% always. That's the way the, if you have met, anyone has met a car accident as in the hospital, 
you ask him uh, that how, how good is your driving they will always scale very high what it speaks of it's in the modern language of psychology it is a factor called benefactance that we are all beneficial and effective we have to prove it to the world that's how our brain is made and that's how we are fooling ourselves and trying to fool the world whenever there is a fight between the fans of the match going on both the sides say we are correct so what is happening the left brain is constantly full it is making me believe the propaganda is making me believe that what i am saying is correct so then who is doing if i am not really deciding so when so here you find that he he stood up and started walking so decision was actually made in the brain irrespective of his conscious decision he never took the decision i will walk go to the fridge and take water he never took the decision so he is not the doer something is happening in the brain and that is making you do then who is the doer the next question comes who is the doer see the cycle modern psychology very interesting in yoga sutra sometimes we don't understand the language we translate nirmana chitta in so many ways all supernatural things we say that yogis develop many bodies actually it's all rubbish if we read the yoga sutra properly with sutra means connection if you connect the sutras the real meaning will be revealed in the present psychology the idea of mental modules has been spoken of in the yoga sutra thousands of years back and they have called it as nirmana chitta construed minds in the entire process of evolution there is not only one mind we have we have construed we have made innumerable minds each mind with a particular stimuli response conditioning how it develops you will understand take a small microbe if you put a nutrient uh, in the petri dish where the microbe is there it will go towards it so immediately a mind a mental module is formed anything nourishing go towards it if i put a toxin it will go away from it anything poisonous go away so what is that that nourishment module life sustaining module and another is this threatening the this to fight and flight response module so in the microbe it has started growing in the entire process of evolution so many innumerable such modules have we have constituted nirmana we have created collectively as a as a human kind as a entire creation is concerned these mental modules are there our mind has innumerable such mental modules who takes a decision as per a particular circumstance it's not you as per the circumstance a particular module will be activated and it has its fixed stimuli response conditioning it has its fixed it will take its decision and will make you believe that you have taken the decision the entire world of advertisement runs on this entire world of advertisement just give a common example suppose a the new model car you always find a very beautiful lady standing just beside it the car what does the lady has to do with the car nothing the advertisement is just to activate a particular module to make you take a decision and you will think i have taken the decision so what we are just try to understand there is a very nice experiment that you are not the doer also that it is lord through his nature who is making you do as per all the mental modules which you have collected that now speaks of your swadharma and these modules will be activated making you feel you are the doer you are not the doer it is the lord who is doing he is holding the strings an experiment very nice experiment that in a university there was some short course in which the students were allowed to come with their family they are all grown up students they just a short course actually their intention was not the course intention was to conduct some experiment on those students the course was there many enrolled they came with their family and as a part of that course it's actually of the stanford university very famous experiment a part of the course there was an excursion that they have to go somewhere and the excursion was planned in such a way that they will go by train and in the evening they will have to halt in some small village town and then the next day morning again from there they will start and go to the destination 
So when they get down in the village town, all they all these students along with their family, they got to get down. Now for the night, they have to stay in the hotel. Now the entire experiment was planned in such a way that immediately you need not, they need not be taken to the hotel. Because it's a village town, it doesn't have many hotels. But the number of students are more than the rooms available in the hotel. So what they did, first they took them to some uh, movie complex where two movies were going on. That was also planned. One was a horror movie and another was a family adventure movie. So now they were asked to choose whatever, when some went for the family, this uh, horror movie, some went for the family adventure movie. After the movie, now they kept this choice. There are two choices. It's, it's a small village town. You can say, stay in the heart of the town where some restaurants are there. And some restaurants are in the remote area. It's in the, this forest, uh, it's remote area. This, this is the area, some uh, uh, guest houses there. So now you choose, it's up to your choice. We are not, we are not allocating to you. And as they thought, it was interesting. Those who went for the horror movie, they all chose in the center of the city. And those who went for the family adventure, they all went for the remote places. Why? In the process of evolution, you will find that when the predator is attacking the herd, the prey, the herd always wants to be together. Because if one gets singled out, he is noticed by the predator, he becomes the easy focus of the predator. In the herd, you may not be noticed. But once you get singled out, you are noticed. Predator will leave all and simply chase you. So when you are uh, we are in danger, you always want to be in the herd. But when I want to be with my family, I want to be alone. So now you will understand. They all took their decision. Some chose, chose to stay in the center. Some chose to be the remote after watching the movie, which has already activated a particular module. The one who went for the family adventure movie, they have that, I want to be in the remote place, that module that family, uh, what is the, this family nurturing module, whatever you say, that got activated and they took the decision. It has its own stimuli response conditioning. It took its decision. The one who went for the horror movie, for them, the protection module got activated. They took the decision. But making you feel, I am the one who has taken the decision. So now the question, are you the doer? Really are you the doer? Throughout your life, you will find there's innumerable examples to say that you are not the doer. The same person, you, when you are with your friend, you will find you are a different person. When you are with your family, you are a different person. If you somehow meet your old school days friends, you're a totally different person. If you are in a club playing, having with some, you're having some game or match, you find you are a different, you're with your teammates, you're a totally different person. Automatically, it's not that you have to decide that I have to behave in such and such way. The loving father, when he's in the office, the boss is totally different person. The politician, when he is in his field of politics, is not the same person when he's in his, as a father at home. That's why they can be totally different character. The loving father can be a very tyrannical political person, can be. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he is doing it consciously. It just happens. And but giving us the sense that I am the doer. So now you will understand as per the mental modules and as per the situation, a particular module gets activated. It has its own stimuli response conditioning. It is fixed. It has to take that response, giving you a feeling you are the doer. So neither I am the doer, nor I am the enjoyer. So this, even with the modern psychology things, this actually, explains the scripture in a better way. What the Vedanta says that you are not, neither the karta nor bhokta for thousands years back they have been told. You can relate with the modern psychology how correct it is. And you will be amazing at the scriptures that how this simple statement has so much of reflection in those days. To say that you are not, not, the, not the karta nor the bhokta, we just memorize and repeat. But the scriptures really become remarkable that we really try to appreciate them when we, with the present modern uh, neurological understanding, we try to relate to them. But neither the karta nor the bhokta. Then who is the karta? The plan of the universe is such because of ignorance, 
thousands of mental modules have been produced. I am born with that. This will be activated. What can I do? Instead of getting identical with them, that it is I who am doing. The moment you feel I am doing, this question of enjoying the result is bound to come. It is then to have that idea constantly. The Lord, because of my past associations, because of my past mental as modules which I have construed, with that I have been born in the present situation, in a particular situation, which all these modules would take care of. But I should never forget, it is the Lord who is work, working through me. When the mother is loving the child, a particular module is there. It is not the mother who is loving the child. Throughout the creation, do you find a single mother not loving the child? What to speak of human? Even go to the animal kingdom? You are bound. You are programmed that way. That mental module has been construed. You are bound. If you think you are loving the child, it is you. When the child even speaks a single harsh word, you feel hurt. Tremendously hurt. Because you think, I loving the child. I am loving the child. But if you are really aware of the fact, it is the Lord whose game is going on. He has given that love in me. He has created that mental module in such a way that I am bound to love. So I'm just the instrument. I'm just the channel through which that love is flowing. God's love is flowing. It is he who has planned. And so I do my best because I'm just the instrument. There is nothing else I can do. I'm just doing what I do. But the result, I know that this result, again, I am not, I am neither the karta nor the bhukta. So there's no question of enjoying. So after doing, I just, if I'm the instrument, what I say, that it is you who know the Lord. Lord, you know the results. We are all born with particular sanskaras. However, we may try. We cannot change that when we imagine that, that my son will be such and such. What I'm doing? You're trying to pour water in a mango tree and expecting that you will get apples out of it. How is it possible? The sanskaras, it is totally its own sanskara. I can water the plant. I can make an apple tree a better apple tree a mango tree, a better mango tree. But I cannot make an apple a mango. And there we find that we suffer because we have our fixed idea of the result. And then we suffer. The suffering comes because uh, the result is going to uh, fructify as per the sanskaras which, uh, which it has. It cannot just simply over, uh, overrule that in no way. So now you will find that this slokas, we memorize, we go on speaking, we go on saying, but it has such a deep psycho, it is all deep rooted in the psychological, uh, what you say, the way, the, the, the psychology, the psyche by, uh, for psyche, the way our psycho, psyche is made, it is deeply ingrained in, ingrained in that. Once we understand that, our perspective opens up. Our view gets, our, our perspective gets broadened. And then you can build your life on that broadened perspective. The scripture is there to broaden your perspective. But to build your life on that broadened perspective are my own endeavor. There comes the sadhana. So scripture is opening up the perspective for you. Just making you see the truth face to face. But that's not sufficient. There's the difference between science and spirituality. Science do opens up the perspective. But after that, what's, what will it say? It's all chemistry. So enjoy. That there is the same thing. That the mother's love, you're bound to love. And all the, uh, what is the feelings which you have, you're bound to have. So there comes what? That will lead you to the spirally downward motion. When you totally get involved in it, thinking yourself to be just a psychological wreck that is going to result in exhaustion and totally destruction. The spirituality is, is the speaking of the same truth, but giving you a total different orientation. The detachment it is speaking of. And that can take you spirally upwards to that eternal satisfaction. You find the purpose of life is fulfilled only by orienting your life to the spiritual dimension of our existence. And that's what the Lord is speaking through this sloka. Karmanye eva 
ಅಧಿಕಾರಸ್ತೆ ಮಾ ಫಲೇಶು ಕದಾಚನ ಮಾ ಕರ್ಮ ಫಲ ಹೇತು ಭೂ ಮಾತೆ ಸಂಗವಸ್ತು ಕರ್ಮತೆ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಗೆಟ್ ಅಟ್ಯಾಚ್ ಟು ದ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಅಟ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಡಿಸೀಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ವರ್ಕ್ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಗೆಟ್ ಅಟ್ಯಾಚ್ ಟು ದ ನಾನ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ಲೆಟ್ ದ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ಗೋ ಆನ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಐಡಿಯಾ ಇಸ್ ದ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ವರ್ಕಿಂಗ್ ಥ್ರೂ ಮೀ ಹೀ ಇಸ್ ದ ಡೂವರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ನಾಟ್ ದ ಎಂಜಾಯರ್ ದ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಕ್ಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ದಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಎಂಜಾಯ್ ಆಸ್ ವಿ ವೇರ್ ಸ್ಪೀಕಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ವಿ ಇಫ್ ನಾಟ್ ಅ ಸಿಂಗಲ್ ಫ್ರೂಟ್ ವಿ ಡೂ ಎಂಜಾಯ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಟೇಕನ್ ಅವೇ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಟೈಮ್ ಬಿಂಗ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಇಮಿಡಿಯೇಟ್ಲಿ ಟೇಕನ್ ಅವೇ ಸೊ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಬಿ ಇನ್ ಡಿಲ್ಯೂಷನ್ ಟು ಚೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಇಟ್ ಸೊ ದಟ್ಸ್ ದ ವೇ ಯು ಶುಡ್ ಗೋ ಆನ್ ವಿತ್ ಯುವರ್ ರೋಲ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ರೆಸ್ಪಾನ್ಸಿಬಿಲಿಟೀಸ್ ಇನ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಸೊ ನಾವು ಫ್ಯೂ ಮೋರ್ ಸ್ಲೋಕರ್ಸ್ ಫಾರ್ಟಿ ಏಟ್ ಟು ಫಿಫ್ತಿ ಭಗವಾನ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಸ್ಪೀಕಿಂಗ್ ಟೂ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಕೃಪನತಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕುಶಲತಾ ಕೃಪನ ಕೃಪನ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಮೈಸರ್ಲಿ ಇನ್ ದ ಫಾರ್ಟಿ ನೈನ್ತ್ ಸ್ಲೋಕ ದ ವರ್ಡ್ ಮೈಸರ್ಲಿ ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ದ ಫಾರ್ಟಿ ಏಟ್ ಸ್ಲೋಕ ವಿಲ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಇನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಕ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ದಟ್ ಹಿ ವಿಲ್ ಸಿ ದಟ್ ದೋಸ್ ಡೋಸ್ ಡಸೆಂಟ್ ಫಾಲೋ ದ ಇನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಕ್ಷನ್ ಟು ಗೆಟ್ ಡೆವಲಪ್ ದ ಡಿಟ್ಯಾಚ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಇನ್ ದೇರ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ದೇ ಆರ್ ಆಲ್ ಕೃಪನ and there is a way to come out of that kripanata the way to come out of that kripanata is kushalata the skill the dexterity so that we will come gradually this 48 49 50 speaks how we can be kushala skilled enough to come out of the kripanata to get established in our majestic self so let us read this sloka and then we will try to understand its meaning yogastha kuru karmani 48 do all your actions sangam tyaktva dhananjaya and what it entails you have to be detached then what results the first in the first line yoga is spoken as the process the process is detachment the second line speaks of yoga as the goal what is the result when you can develop detachment that is samatvam equanimity nothing there is all the polarities falls off the duality vanishes you can develop a tranquil mind which is always equanimous nothing can disturb it the happenings of life goes on the, our entire spirituality is yet to start because we will find in the name of spirituality what we do we have made god the means world the end i want all the worldly pleasures i pray to god he is just the means he will have help me to get world i don't want god so that is sheer material the so called spirituality is sheer materialism so here that's why bhagwan what is saying is very interesting he is not saying that he is there always to give you siddhi siddhi and asiddhi are the facts of life they both will be there it's not that just by praying you go beyond that you can avoid asiddhi and always get siddhi you can avoid failure and get success they are they will be there you have to transcend them bhagwan himself is saying siddhis asiddhi samobhutva we go to god only for success but god very directly blankly is saying that these two polarities will be there you can never avoid in life it can never be all good success and failure are the facts of life they both will be there sometimes i will be in prosperity sometimes i will be in dejection as the life flows i have to be in this polarity what i can do i can transcend them by not being attached to either siddhi or asiddhi to be equal always in the tranquility how that is developed through detachment so how that again the detachment can come again that i after all just an instrument in the hand of the divine so even when i'm doing action sometimes we feel that shankaracharya's commentary is wonderful he says 
that sometimes we feel that okay i am doing this interacted this interested action means detached action i have no uh, what you say this uh, uh, hankering for the result i have no hankering for the result but even you will find if you just really try to search your mind do you really have no hankering for the result there is still some hankering lurking what's that if i do actions without hankering for the result god will be pleased with me so shankaracharya says a very interesting thing ishwaropi me tushyatu iti sangam tyaktwa that even god will be pleased with me even that attachment you has to leave just see what wonderful this to understand spiritual life is really something it's a big even to understand itself is a big adventure you know the our hankering from worldly things goes on to ishwara that this example even in the last class in the mundaka upanishad most probably we were giving that if this sansara is a tree in the 15th chapter of bhagavad gita the bhagwan will be speaking this urdhva mula avakshaka of a tree where sansara is the branches and its roots are the spiritual its origin as it is the spiritual it is in the top the roots are in the top the branches are spread downwards now let us forget about the direction in any tree if you have climbed a tree and you are sitting on a branch holding on to the branch now you decide let me fall is any effort required to fall no effort you just have to leave let loose leave the hold you are clinging to the branch you leave the hold automatically fall the gravitation will pull you down isn't it to fall there is no effort required similarly to be one with your spiritual nature no effort is required the moment we leave the hold the cling we are clinging to this sansara the moment you leave the divine plan is such the grace will pull you up it will make you identified with the lord but in our spiritual life it starts with this we think we are fed up with this life oh lord i let loose of the hold of sansara but immediately what i am doing i am that the branch which i was holding most probably there are a lot of ants it's has started biting me so i try i am search i am in search of another branch i let loose of this branch and get hold of another branch and name it god it is god but you are still holding onto the branch you are still you are still on the plant you are not allowing yourself to fall just in the gravitation or you are not if it is in the spiritual sense you are not allowing the grace to take you to that identity you are still created another clinging and the nomenclature it as god so now you will understand what yoga means to be in the instrument in the hand of divine means just swami ramakrishna used to say that what the instrument means suppose an author has written many books with a pen does the pen ever feel that it is he who has written the one who is holding the pen it is he who has written does the pain has any sense that uh, that the author will be pleased with me the one who is writing no if he has that sense he will be dejected because he is will be changing the pains when he have to uh, highlight something he is using some other marker he will feel oh after writing so much books again he is taking someone else for marking for painting he will be using different pens what it speaks of i am just the instrument lord uses these various instruments as per his as per the particular modules with which we are born a marker is a particular have a particular module the pen has a particular module the brush with which i am painting has a different module he is using them there is no question of uh, having a separate liking for him so it is he as per the uh, our swadharma he is motivating us to do the actions i am just the instrument in no way i have to think of even pleasing him i am bound to be his instrument and there it is over and the results i surrendered to him after it is he who knows best why he is uh, making me do all these things why he has made me the instrument so it is he who is working through me he knows best so it's very difficult in life spirituality is not easy many after saying this i will go for a slip shot remedy will so na it's better to have some pranayama yoga feel some relaxation that's over why go through all this nonsense there is no slip shot remedy for spirituality know it for certain 
this all those that what you said two minute meditation three minute meditation are like patchworks it cannot give us permanent solution unless we change our orientation it's impossible this has to we have to go through this uh, what you say this tiring process as sri ramakrishna used to say that tablar bol mukhe bola shohoj hate ana kothin when you are learning tabla the teacher says the rhythm they will first ask you to recite se ta dhinna dha dhinna ta tere kete dha tere kete it doesn't take even 2 minutes you memorize you say now he will say play so it may take months so spirituality is also like that that when we understand to really internalize it will take time it's a challenge that's why in uh, upanishad kathopanishad it has been mentioned kshurasya dhara it's a path like is in the like a the what is the sharpness of a razor you have to balance yourself chances of falling are always there so it's is that difficult but still we have to move forward why because it is not impossible it is difficult but it is not impossible just like climbing the top of the everest is difficult but it is not impossible it's possible so there is when we say that it is impossible then all the hope is gone but when we say it is difficult then we take up the challenge that those who are climbing the himalaya if he is only thinking of the peak he is bound to be a failure he has to enjoy the entire process of climbing that should give him a sense of adventure each and every step is an adventure for him since so spiritual life is an adventure the peak is waiting but if we are constantly thinking of that we are not giving sufficient uh, what you say this attention to the each and every step we will miss the goal so assiduously patiently we have to move forward that's why swami vivekananda used to say the entire spirit the summary of spirituality can be spoken as 3p nothing else purity patience perseverance you have to have patience and you, there will be repeated failures we have to persevere go on trying purity speaks of this attempting to try to be in that equanimous state this is the purity it doesn't happen in a day you need patience and perseverance and that's the yoga which has been spoken of in the first line that with your endeavor you're trying to get develop that detachment yogastha kuru karmani and how that detachment has to be grown by constantly being aware of the fact that you're the instrument in the hands of the divine it is he is working through you and the results it's not again it is you who are there to enjoy the result so that's why you surrender all the result to him after doing the thing perfectly just the way when i offer something to the divine i make it sure the fruit is not rotten the best fruit whatever i offer is the best thing so if all my work is a worship if it's after all going to be the worship to the divine it should be perfect i cannot give something rotten to the lord something nasty to the lord it has to be the perfect i do it perfectly so all my actions are performance oriented but not result oriented as in hindi the common thing they told that uh, that jan sadhan tan siddhi when you are doing anything forget about the goal to do that thing perfectly is the only goal when you are cooking your dish to cook a perfect dish is your goal forget god because that's fix of the focus you forget everything you're totally concentrated on the preparing the food your full attention is there you're preparing your mind it has got detached from everything else the real attachment is either with the past or with the future in the present you are never attached you find that in each and every moment of your life that what attachment speaks of either you're thinking of the past what has what you have enjoyed or what you have to get rid of your anger your love whatever it may be either of past or your anticipating how i will in future act if you are in the present focus to the thing we are doing automatically the detachment is bound to come so whatever in the life you are doing be in the present be in the present try to uh, cut off the past and the future do it perfectly jan sadhan tan siddhi just doing that thing perfectly is my only goal and that will take care of but not i'm not thinking of the result not thinking what i've done previously 
just as an instrument of the divine you are doing. So this is the thing which you have to do with patience and perseverance. When I do that, there a time comes when I have transcended the so-called happenings of life. Siddhi, Asiddhi. Siddhi, Asiddhi are very relative. Even in our life, suppose when you are raising up a child, his sanskara is such, most probably he is not bound to be an intellectual giant. However you may try. So will I say that you are unsuccessful? No. It is just like a GP curing a common cold. Will I consider him a better doctor than an oncologist, a surgeon? oncologist who is who has taken up a very complicated case of cancer and the patient is somehow surviving is not keeping well will i say that the oncologist is a failure and the gp is a success his case is different he is just curing a common cold and his case is something very different so as a parent also we don't know with what sanskaras they came what type of thing we are dealing with and now if i say i am successful you are not successful that's totally that uh, what you said that misunderstood. So Siddhi Asiddhi cannot be judged just by the outcome. As per your, and God has the, the surgeon, the oncologist, who is an oncologist. He, he has studied more than an ordinary GP. He has become specialist and that's why his responsibility is also more. That's why in one of the poem of uh, Swami Vivekananda, very nice line is there. The more you get evolved, the more is your suffering. God will give you more responsibility. Just the way uh, no one will send a, uh, what you say, an, a, a cancer patient to a GP. He will go to a really a specialist. So the more is your capability, the more is your responsibility. So, and more that entails more suffering. You have to go through such a hardship. So Siddhi Asiddhi becomes something immaterial. Do the thing which you have to the best of your capacity. Forget about the Siddhi Asiddhi that God is there to take care of. When you can do that with this type of attitude, know it for certain in the long run that Samatva is bound to come. Samatvam Yoga. Now this Yoga, the second Yoga is the achievement. The first Yoga was the endeavor. That The second Yoga speaks of the achievement where you have achieved that equanimity. So which from where that equanimity came? It was within you. It is yourself. But like a miserly person, you were never trying to realize what wealth you have. Who is a miser? The one who has wealth but never utilizes it. This equanimity of the soul is with all of us. But we never try to realize that. That's why we are the Kripana. So just with that hint, uh, we will read the next sloka. And we will again go to the discussion in the next class that why God is speaking that the one who is seeking the results of action, they are all Kripana. Durena Yavaram Karma Buddhi Yogat Dhananjaya Buddhau Sharanam Anvicha Kripana Falahetava. This is what Kripana comes here. This far inferior indeed, O Dhananjaya is the action performed with the evenness of mind. This Buddhi Yoga, Buddhi Yoga speaks of that evenness of mind. Then the karma which is done with seeking for the result. So always take refuge in evenness. So take refuge on that evenness. And those who are running after the desires are kripana because they have never, they have lost the scope to realize the potentiality, the tremendous potentiality, the spiritual potentiality which is hidden in all of us by which we can transcend all the dualities of life and enjoy peace, whatever may be happening in life. I don't want to uh, change the course of life. It goes on. Suffering is how I react to it. That reaction has gone. So no more suffering. So spirituality is not an anesthesia, which makes you forget about the suffering. It's a tremendous alertness with detachment. So that's the thing. It's you're highly conscious, but detached. So you are no more in the stream. You are out of the stream observing it. Life goes on as it is. And that speaks of transcending. And that's what Karma Yoga speaks of. Again, we will with the last word we will say, it's really very difficult. But it is achievable. And that's the only thing which can give us real happiness. Nanya Pantha Vidyatiyanaya. We have to go through this hard path. 
there is no other path available na nanya na anya pantha vidyate ayanaya know it for certain there is no other path we all have that strength to traverse through this path and we have to assert to that strength and go on persevering with patience till we reach the goal arise awake and stop not till the goal is reached that's what swami ji says so with this we will stop our discussion today thank you all namaskars